Oh, yeah, there we go. Okay, this is going to be exciting. I mean, you know, yesterday we had a live person, Jose. Yep. And now we got some bones in there, you know. I, I kind of get used to it. Like, you need, you know, it's like when you sleep with somebody for 20-something years and then. I've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, what was your maximum time you slept with somebody? I don't know. Actually, it was... You were I married for was, how long? I think it was 26 years. Sweet Jesus. Was it 26? Yeah, I made it 24. Yeah. Wow. Wow, those See? are both lifetimes. I mean, that's crazy, right? Yeah. So what was it like going from somebody next to you to nobody next to you? Not nobody in your life, just nobody um, next to you. Well, you know, uh, it really depends on on where you're at when your your long-term relationship whether it be you know a marriage or mm -hmm. whether it be a long-term relationship with a significant other mm -hmm. it depends on where you were you know kind of like who blinked first who who mm -hmm. filed who filed for divorce that kind of thing yeah, yeah um so without getting personal because the other half is still out there and i, mm -hmm. I you know, i'm not about um, offending that or inflaming that that thing. Sure. Uh, I was great. Yeah, I was okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, I get I, that. I was I was more than good. And okay. you know, honestly, probably so was she. You know, we absolutely. I hate to say it, I, but I think we ran its course. We just you, you know, Those a certain works. somebody, a certain somebody, who uh, uh, suggested that. Um, People get together, mm -hmm. right? They get together with each other. Okay. And there's some kind of cosmic spiritual agreement, you know? And you wonder why girls and guys come and go. You John, wonder. We're going to get into this. Let's do a countdown, an introduction. Let's talk about people that come in and out of our life. Love it. How we got bones in our life and now we can't love seem it, to get it, rid of it. Love How's it, love that? It. Yeah. Good? Yeah. All right. Let's do a countdown, pal. Okay. Five, four, Three, two, one. Hey, welcome back, friends. Welcome back to another episode of The Jersey Alchemist. I'm your host, Dr. John Gerard Gallucci. And I'm Philip D'Angelo. And we got Bones front and center. He's been a little bit pissed off at us. The Bones. A little bit pissed off at us. He's, as a matter of fact, he was so pissed off, he had, he had to go back to surgery several times with friends of mine that are orthotrauma surgeons. Yeah just to put them back together. And uh, he demanded through his agent, now that's where we're at, right, Bones? It's okay, all right, you know, uh, that he be front and center, but he still refuses to speak. So, yeah. okay, that's okay. Maybe next episode, Bones. He wants all to right? be seen. He wants, wants to be, to be seen. seen. wants to be regarded, we intact. Can we can do that. In, you know. In <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, John, people that come in and out of your life, you know, Maybe people, even not only just romantically, but friends, certain people come into your life and maybe they're only meant to be there for a short time, yeah. six months, a year and a half, right. just to get you maybe through what you have to get through. What yeah, do you think? I think I think that's true. I, th I really do believe that. And my life is kind of, uh, you know, I think it's 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 made that obvious to me. Yeah. Other people might may not feel that way, but uh, look at Bones. He's here, and we can't get rid of him. Can't get rid of him. Even, even though he's pissed off at us. Show up, yeah. So you don't believe in chance meetings, then? I mean, there's no meeting. Like, you were meant to somebody come into your life that, 
you know, like, let's face it, our generation, I mean, there are people on the Internet meeting people, but, I mean, there, you know, we used to meet people face-to-face, -face, you know, and chance meetings, I mean, maybe. You know what, you know what, chance meetings happen all the time, but I think it's, it's the... It's the relationship that ensues. And we're not talking about a hot and heavy thing. We're yeah. just talking about, you know, even an, an acquaintanceship. Sure. If if that kicks off, and now that's yeah. going in and out, you know, over a year. Like, for instance, somebody I may work with at work, right? Mm -hmm. you, you inherently enjoy their presence. Or just, just as equally, you may be continually irked by somebody's presence. You see, people are meant to be in our lives, mm. you know, for what we think ostensibly is for our, our better or for our worse, for better or for worse. And, and very often the people that come into our lives that um, play the heavy, that play the, the cheating spouse or the, um, the, the thief that your business partner that crushes and destroys you, or or not so much. Maybe he was the he maybe he was the guy or the gal that was bleeding you dry over 15 years of a business association, and you don't find out until it's long done and over with. Those people are in your life for a reason. Absolutely, good yeah. or bad. I mean, maybe people come into our life just because you know sometimes we need somebody to talk to. That's different. Maybe somebody with a different perspective, somebody yep. from a different culture, right. or a, you know, comes into your life and you just start, hey, you know, well, this is what happened in my life, and maybe they might right. say, well, when that happened to me, this is how I got through it, or this right. is what I did, and you're like, yeah, so maybe it's just, you know, yeah, no, I I think that's true, and I think that it really life really is like a stage play. I mean. If you miss your mark and you miss your cue and you're supposed to come in, you know, enter wow. stage left, it's like, whoa, hey, wait, where's where's yeah. the school principal? Uh, you know, and then the stage manager or whatever might be going, hey, psst, psst, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, get out there. You know, meanwhile, they're asleep or they're on the toilet. They have diarrhea. Do you ever, I don't know. Do you ever feel like you've missed your cue? I mean, I feel like I definitely have missed my cue a few times. I could say that with a handful of women in my life mm. that, oh, geez, wouldn't it have been wonderful? I missed my cue. I think, truthfully, uh, no, I don't think that that's the truth. For me, for me, yeah. I, I ultimately don't think, I think it's just, for me, I think it's kind of fanciful, wishful thinking that you think that whatever your life is could have been so much better with this one that, you know, that it just never material. For whatever reason, you were attracted to each other, you knew each other for a long time, and it just never happened. And if it just never happens, I believe it wasn't meant to happen. That's what I believe. Mm. So do you feel there's like a higher power that puts forces together? Oh, Absolutely, but I'm going to say this. Please. Ready? Drum roll. The higher power very often is you. Really? Is Yes, it's absolutely true. It's just like when, and I've said it, I think we have an episode on, you know, seeing and interacting, communicating with your higher self. Mm. All right, let's go back to a theory. And the first time I heard this theory, I was a bit um, stunned. I was sitting in a synagogue 
for a Jewish wedding out on Long Island. This is decades ago. And the rabbi was a woman. And she went on this, this talk about fate and destiny and coming to earth and being incarnated. It really was what she said 30 years ago. Wow. Really is very, it's very, uh, in an eerie way, very similar to all the stuff that I believe and I speak of now. So she was talking about how we kind of send out a pseudopod. In other words, an amoeba will morph. A and force? Most of, huh? A mag like a force? Well, a part, a part of us. And, and I would say it's a fractal, which means we send out this very tiny but yet complete non-lacking faction or fraction or fractal of ourselves to come and have this earthly physical experience while the brunt of us, most of us, is still back there in the spirit world on the other side. I've studied all sorts of issues where we have spirit guides and elders that are in our forever eternal existence and... Um, you just reminded me to turn my cell phone off. Mm. And uh, we, so we have those, let's call them sages, for lack of a better term. We have those sages that guide us. And I've said this on a video before. Picture, picture elders with long gray hair and beards, and they're in robes, and they, and they kind of hobble up to a, a marble table, and they have these scrolls. And you're there because it's it's their moment to be counseling and moving you forward. And they put the parchment scroll out on the table. And they're speaking to each other. Then they look at you and they confer with you. And they come up with a plan. They come up with a plan after you've had some kind of life review, which happens in a blinding, fast way in earth terms. And you review all of the places where you are devoid of experience or expertise because let's face it there's a lot of people that understand this we don't die our bodies come and go but everybody should understand and remind themselves that earth and the in the in the uh, the third dimension is a physical timed and dated experience it's no different to speak of as uh, tomatoes growing on the vine, you know, and and somebody somebody said to me once a long time ago, why would you try to keep your tomato plant alive from the autumn of one year through the winter in your house and then put it back out in the yard for the next? That's not how it goes with tomatoes, you know. And maybe someday they'll genetically modify them, but for for the here and now and for the uh, you know however it's been for hundreds thousands of years. Tomatoes uh, come up every year, and, and that's, what, that's what we are. But we come up lifetime after lifetime with an agenda to further our, our spiritual wherewithal. And I do believe that. Hmm. Nobody can uh, reach nirvana. Nobody can make it to heaven, so to speak. Nobody can make it to spiritual forever perfection in one single human lifetime, especially lots of, the, lots of the people that I've seen come and go, they were one day old, 
They were six weeks old. They were three years old. They were 17 years old. You know, my life was full of that stuff, you know, between, wow. between cancer and congenital anomalies and, and trauma. I mean, it's, you know, it's when, when somebody that's my age passes in a hospital and they've been sick for years, you know, it's as, as a physician or a healthcare provider, it's not really difficult to get past that. You, you, you lament for the family that's going to miss their dad or their brother or their sister or their mom. You know, but for the 60, almost 63-year-old that passes suddenly and nobody knew it was going to happen, that, that's, that's pretty shitty. You know, but when a, when a four-year-old passes, that's, you know, that's, a, that's, that's a big deal. That's a killer. That's a killer in, in every respect. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I do believe... I do believe that that there is a part of us that's our higher being, our higher self. And I think, really, I, if I were a betting man, and I'm not, I would say that that's what's communicating with me when I have an aha moment or I'm discussing something with somebody and I say something or think something or they say something that I'm not sure whether it's the truth. And all of a sudden, the field all around them starts to blink and and shimmer with blue sparkles here, there, and everywhere. And I've been seeing that for, I don't know, uh, over 10 years. Mm. But before 10 years, if you told me that that was going to happen to me, I'd say, you're smoking dope. That's that's ridiculous. That's a fantasy. That's, come on. No, but but it's been happening for at least, at least 10 years in my life, maybe more like 12 or 13. So, John, I mean, so people come into our life, you know, for whatever reason, you know, so it's not by accident. Suppose people leave or uh, the relationship ends. I mean, should you go back? Like sometimes we, a friendship or a relationship ends <clears throat> and then we feel like we have to go back. And sometimes that's, we're making the same mistakes and we never move forward. How do you feel about like, you know, just giving somebody a second chance? Oh, I'm the king of giving people a second chance, yes. a third chance, a sixth, a tenth chance, and and then after, I can't give any more, wow. and it hurts so bad. And that's when I I have an epiphany. I have an epiphany, and I just literally wake up one day, and some angel must have, you know, perched on my on my bedpost, and I don't know, hmm. pooped on me, so, yeah. you know, uh, somehow imparted me some kind of angelic wisdom. And I woke up thinking, oh, my God, it's over. Case in point, long time ago, I think you knew the, I think you knew the young lass. As a matter of fact, I, had, I was engaged to her. This is years ago. This is back in the early 80s. Okay. And my mom and dad knew it wasn't right, but I was either too stupid, too in love, too stubborn. I don't know what. Too I really young. Was never, too young, too young and stupid and idealistic. And I just didn't see it, whatever. And then we started having really bad, rocky roads. And uh, I went off to dental school and she went to grad school far away. And, uh, and every time I called her, she acted like I had just, you know, farted in church. It mm. was like, in other words, the, the thought of me calling her was egregious. It was like, <gasps> you know, I, you know, don't you get it? 
I'm busy. I have work to do. Oh, well, I don't. You know, I'm in dental school in Manhattan. I don't sure. have work to do. Yeah. Make the long story short, it got so bad, it got so ridiculous that um, one night, me and the boys, my roommate and all of the other guys that we hung with, we decided we were going to get together. It was December 1st, 1984, and we were going to get together like a bunch of mob guys and everybody was going to cook and drink. And we came and we, we went to one person's apartment in Manhattan. And while we were eating and drinking and playing cards, and, and it, it, we had such a good time, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer came come on the TV. Oh, and of course, when Hermie says, I want to be a dentist, <laughs> oh my God, the room erupted. There was like 20 of us packed in. We were dental students. And I went home without a heaviness without a care in the world and mm -hmm. I thought my god I've all of a sudden these guys kicked in kicked open a new door for me and and when I went to bed I knew how my personality was that if things weren't going well the next morning when the when the feel good from the night before the drinks the food the camaraderie the TV all of that bullshit when it wore off and the sun rose the next day I would wake up and and immediately find myself in a uh, in a in a state of uh, stress anxiety and depression and I looked out my window and I looked east from my perch on the 22nd floor of, of, of East 23rd Street, wow. and I was staring at the Chrysler Building and the, the East River, and the sky was blue, and the clouds were white and puffy. Mm -hmm. It was such a beautiful sight. I saw a helicopter flying by, and all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute, I don't have that heavy feeling. It's lifted wow. off of me. Yeah praised Jesus mm. it's lifted off of me and guess what happened the phone rang and you know this is way before cell phones this is like I don't know 19 well it was 84 the phone rang no caller ID I pick it up yeah hello and it's her oh, it's boy. the woman that was had been my fiance and it seemed like the only reason why she was in my life now was to be an energy vampire and to try to pull me close and to suck the life out of me. Wow. Kind of like uh, when a little kid gets reprimanded, they get smacked and they get sent to their room, mm. you know, by their dad who's really angry. And 20 minutes later, when everybody's happy on the outside of the room, that kid's in there realizing that, hey, wait a minute, I hear them talking, they're watching TV, they're laughing and joking, and what happens? Boom, that kid kicks the door. I'm still here and I'm still angry, mm. you know, and you're not gonna forget about it. And everybody's going, forget you. <laughs> hope he didn't yeah. break his toe. Well, that's what her phone calls were. Finally, it got so bad, I just said to her, hey, I says, I don't think you understand. I says, I begged you on my hands and knees I cried for you, I lamented for you, I prayed for us, and all you did was kick me in the teeth. Mm. Don't ever, and this is a long time ago, mm. I'd probably say the same thing today, but I said, don't ever, ever, never call this fucking number again. Mm. We are done, I never wanna hear your voice ever again. Do you understand? Wham! I didn't give her a chance to retort, hung up on her, and I thought, again, I did the old, you know, systems check. Where's the stress? 
Where's the anxiety? Where's the lament? Where's the fear? Oh my God! Oh. And guess what? Wow. All I had was fresh air and sunshine and the view of the Chrysler Building wow. and the East River and the clouds and the blue sky. And I was episodically in heaven in New York City. Wow. Lesson learned at a young age, right? I guess that's why we have to go through them, John. We yeah. have to really learn. I have a friend that, you know, when he was in a relationship, I always admired him for this whether he was right or wrong, uh, it's up for debate, that he would tell his significant other, listen, I'm going to walk out that door, and I'm not coming back. We're over. You know, we either settle this now or, you know, it's one or the other. I can't go on like this. And somebody would, they would call his hand nine times out of ten. He goes, I'm walking out the door, and that's going to be it. And God bless him. When he walked out that door, he never went back. He never gave it another shot. And that's right. my biggest downfalls i always you know right. nine times out of ten i'm like all right let's give it one more chance and it's world war two one two and three all over again right. i'm like okay now i know like it's like sometimes you have to get hit over the head to say wake up yeah right well yeah well all of that bullshit with me and my ex-fiance wasn't enough to show you how fucking stupid I was and that, you well, know, we're guys, I'm, we're I'm, dumb the, in I'm, the, I'm the dog without a tail and every dog needs a tail, mm. right? Um, that was December 1st. That next morning was the 2nd. On December 7th, five days later, I went on the first date with the girl that became my wife. Oh, <laughs> see? I just couldn't let it go. Wow. Oh, my God, enough wasn't enough for this idiot. Yeah, no, I mean, hey, when one door closed, another one opened, it right? It did, and that, uh, the second door opened for 26 years. Wow, yeah. I had three beautiful children. Three beautiful kids, I mean, but, but what a, you know, what a, whew, yeah. what a UFC match that was. <sighs> it, it went on for 26 years. Wow, yeah. Well, listen... No, uh, what's that saying? Uh, calm waters did not a sailor make. Yeah. Right? So yeah, I guess sometimes true. you have to go through some rough waters to make you the person you are, whether you're a man or a woman, right. uh, if that's the proper pronoun. Right. And, you know, and that's how you get to the next level. I'm sure now with uh, any relationship you're in, friend-wise, right. you know, spouse-wise, whatever your status is, that, you know, it helps you. Those right. past experiences help us go through the absolutely they do and yeah. and you know if you want to wonder when i was a, a kid maybe i was like eight or nine years old yeah. you know and i found myself at the first maybe i was seven my first wake mm. my first wake that i was ever taken to was my little league baseball coach he died of cancer you mm -hmm. know right in the middle of the season ah, what was he thinking yeah i know and um I was on the kneeler at the casket, mm. you know, looking at him. Jeez. And, I, and we all loved the guy because he, sure. he was such a kind soul. And I'm thinking, what a waste that all of his knowledge and experience just dies. Wow. Like, like a grape falling off the vine. Mm. And then it shrivels up or the ants eat it or the a bird comes and grabs it and takes it away and gobbles it down like is is that how it goes for people and then with each subsequent wake that i went to you know 
the old timers in the family, people, you know, look, I was kind of graduated into it. And I think I said on the previous episode that the first time that, that people close to me started dropping like flies, I was a junior in high school. Okay. But before that, it was, you know, the old the old gumads, the old aunts, the old uncles, you know, yeah. the, the people that looked like they were in, you know, maybe beyond 100 years old to a little kid. And I would sit there and think the same thing. Everybody's talking so fondly about them, and, yeah. and everything they did just dies with them. Mm. So a, my point here is that's not how it goes. So if you think the way I thought when I was 8 or 9 or 10, that's not how the ebb and flow of our forever selves uh, manifest. No, we acquire and accrue and compound uh, a load of spiritual forever know-how. Okay, folks, I, I, no, don't don't be. Uh, the only time I ever saw him, we we're talking about wakes and funerals. The only time I ever saw my father cry was one time at a wake. My grandfather passing away. His dad? It, no, no. His dad died at a very early oh. age. My mom. It was his father-in-law. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. It's the only time I ever saw my father cry. Interesting. Yeah, wow. yeah. Have you? Did you ever see your father cry? I only saw my dad cry once. It was the very second that. I, by my interaction with my sister as she was lying in the hospital bed, mm. I kind of pronounced with my body language and me bursting into tears yeah. and saying, oh, Franny, that my sister was dead. And then mm. I, heard, I heard the strangest sound I've ever heard in my life. I didn't, actually didn't know what it was. Wow. And I turned, and turned to the foot of the bed, and there was my dad, all six foot three and a half mm. of him, sobbing like a baby but the flip side of that is until the day my mother died just this past february 6th and my mother was an empath mm. she was the queen of the empaths she was i never saw my mother shed a single tear not one not even that moment when my sister passed in the hospital so nope so not even when my dad died yeah, your your father was one of, if not the strongest man, uh, character-wise, I've ever met in my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, he was. Have your kids ever seen you cry? Um, you know, that's a big I deal for a man. I don't I don't, I don't, actually, I don't know. Yeah. Um, my I kids have never seen me cry. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, honestly. Do men cry? Oh, my gosh. And this is... This is my daughter, and I've been waiting. Take that. Oh, take yeah. that call. Hey, we're in the middle of a podcast, and I picked up the phone. How important are you? All right. Let me call you back when we're done. All right? Love you. Wow. I mean, there talking about a father and talking about kids, you know. I yeah. mean, when Listen, when your kids get a certain age and they call you, I mean, I've only been waiting for this phone call maybe eight or nine days, so that's that's okay. Wow, that's a good thing. Yeah, my kids have never, I should have asked her, never seen me cry. I mean, is that still a thing with men, that they don't cry? Or do you think men nowadays are supposed to cry to show their softer side? You know what I mean? Yeah, Not that I've know, never I, cried, but... I, I, um, I never bought into that, you know, real men cry bullshit. Yeah. But I also don't buy into, you know, uh, uh, real men do cry. Mm. Or what did I just say? Real men do. I don't. I don't think that it's exclusive one way or the other. I just think it depends on who you are, what your personality is, and I, I got news for you. If 
and if event, God forbid, comes anyone's way, and it triggers a crying jag, yeah. then fucking cry. All right, I'm gonna ask you. A, yeah, I'm gonna ask you a real important question right now. Do you own a pink shirt? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. I own several pink shirts. Wow, really? I That's what you say. Real men wear pink. I could consider it. I'm very impressed because I am such a, I don't know how you, well, there's a lot of words to describe me. All right, I'm not proud of this, but I had a dress shirt, tailor-made. I had a few of them at one time. Right. The initials, you know, cuff links, my initials on the, uh, on, this, on the cuff. And, you know, somebody talked me into getting a pink one. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'll get the pink one. Yeah. I can't wear it. Really? I mean, I actually put it on. I'm like, I cannot walk out of the house with a pink shirt. Well, they say that's a sign of, like, inner self-doubt. Like, Oh, know. self-doubt. Yeah, I'm Mr. Self-doubt. Are you kidding me? Well, I'm, I'm so, all over the place so, with self-doubt. So am I, buddy. Yeah. You yeah. know what? I can't, I can't do it. So I admire a guy like you that you can put a pink shirt on. I know the day. I can remember the day. Without sounding like Jose, who remembers what pitch he threw. Remember at that oh, moment? Yeah, he was in, oh, he was in, where was he? In West Point? He yeah. goes, it was the third pitch. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? He was such a but great guest. My first pink shirt came by way of one of my old girlfriends, who I was very, very close with and in love with. And she, mm. we were at the mall, and she goes, oh, she goes, let's look for some from shirts for you. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, this, she wants to look for shirts for me? Yeah. Wow. Okay. And she's and it was summertime and you know, I was all tan and stuff. Oh god. I was in great shape, you oh, know. Sure. And she throws this off the rack, this pink shirt up. She goes, Oh my god, no, not this one. No. Then oh, 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 yeah. Mm, what do you think? You like the first one? You like the second what? And she, she bought me two pink shirts. And me. I thought Yeah, I thought yeah. Wow, okay. And listen, to be honest with you, yeah. Not so much anymore, Gangula. <laughs> but back then if I thought a girl was going to be pleased mm. with some order of mannerism being displayed by me, mm. I would have probably stripped naked, done a handstand in the corner, and stuck one thumb up my ass. How's that? That's, now, that's a trick. Well, maybe in a future podcast. Maybe. Uh, maybe. What do you think, Bones? I'll no, you, I know, I know. You just got out of surgery, so you can't do that. I think, John, that's one of my biggest problems in a relationship. It's almost like this is a therapy session we're having today. It is. It well, is, well, right? This whole thing's a therapy yeah. session because the world's but, in such a fucking bag of shit. <laughs> yeah, you can only talk about so many of the world stuff. But, uh, I mean, and well, maybe somebody could pick up some, uh, some tips from our uh, prior relationships. But I just... Like, you know, like, you know, to please somebody else, I, I'm not that guy anymore. I just don't care, you know. I don't know if it's the scars. I don't know if it's just, you know, you get a, you get as you get older, you just get, like, a grumpy old man. I don't know. Well, I don't seem maybe, too grumpy. Maybe, but. maybe, just maybe, maybe now you know better because, like I said, mm. I was that idiot that – Regardless of the 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 manner of uh, action, I would have done anything, and if it made that right person happy, happy yeah. or get off, or or be thrilled, mm. I would have made a monkey out of myself. Right? Uh, you know, making a monkey out of yourself is what they would have said back in the the older sure, when we sure. were kids. I think we both realize now as we get older, and it's not because our bodies have changed. Fuck no. Mm. It's just because we've gained some psycho-emotional awareness that trying to get 
a girl, a woman, a wife, or if you're a girl, your husband, or whoever you're with, whoever, you're, whoever your same-sex significant other is. I don't care if you're two non-binaries. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you get when you add two non-binaries. Maybe it comes up to a zero. I don't know. You can't add zero to anything, expect a new number. Mm. So um, think about what it really says if you go to th those lengths to make a monkey out of yourself, to do something ridiculous and offbeat and stupid, something unbecoming of you, mm. just to make somebody else happy. If you actually do that, number one, they're a fucking fool for letting you do it. That means they're the wrong person. And what is it that you're saying about yourself? Mm. That you, you don't really have any respect for yourself. So now I think you have respect for yourself, and so do I. And I couldn't give a rat's fucking ass what other people think of me. Mm. Because as I get older, I do become more and more of an island. <laughs> Even though the old expression is no man is an island. Yeah, sure, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's amazing, John, the personality and the psychological, I don't know if that's the right word, you know, how we think different as we get older, we react different. Uh, I say it's like a callus. It's like a shell. Like, you know, maybe, uh, you know, you don't jump as high like I don't because, you know, you don't want to get go through the whole, you know, you don't want to get hurt. I think you know? we still I think we still find ourselves. Uh, look, who are we kidding? Right. We still find ourselves the trained poodles at the circus. Remember, <laughs> but poodles yeah, at the circus yeah. with the hoops. Oh, there goes the poodle. Oh, yeah. Now they're dancing with a little tutu skirt on and yeah. now they're going through the hoop. Well, we just jumping through different hoops. Maybe we, we are. We are because we still find ourselves. Uh, we avail ourselves to our significant others, um, but we do it in a different way. I think making a monkey out of ourselves when we were in our teens and twenties oh, yeah. and thirties was just really so embarrassing. But something that you have to go through. Yeah. Because if you never went through it, you'd never understand it. You'd yeah. say, well, I don't believe it. Oh, yeah, I don't think, you know, you know, how could you do that? How could you? So right away you start judging other people because you've never done it. Yeah. You've never done it. I said that to Jose in uh, yesterday's episode, the struggle, no matter what your struggle is, your struggle is a gift. That's the only way you're going to learn. Right. And, uh, you know, when it comes to struggling in relationships, oh, I'm the king. So, But I'm still, I don't know if I'm learning. You know what I mean? John, if you had to alchemize this wonderful therapeutic episode, how would you do it? Well, I think I think I'd say people, people who need people. Probably the luckiest people. Uh, pull in a hair close, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> All the luckiest people in the world. Wow. So we we find ourselves working through our hardships and our friction points, and we slay our demons very often um, in conjunction with the people that move in and out of our lives. And that takes us right back to the original premise. People move in and out our of our lives, lives yes. right? Yes. So here we have... We've incorporated Bones yes. into the cast and crew. Quite frankly, Phil D'Angelo came out of nowhere because we hadn't seen each other in quite a while oh, other than, you know, wakes and, and, and funerals and repasts. Sure. And, and it's as if no time had passed. 
Not a second, not a not, minute. Not Pretty a second, amazing. not a, a minute. And, and we, we bring, literally, to the table, we bring a lifetime of, um, you know, what's the expression? A can of whoop-ass? Life, life delivered to both of us. And, of course, Bones, it's obvious just taking a look at him, right? Uh, yeah, it's uh, a tough road. Life has delivered unto us a tanker truck of whoop-ass. And, and and that's the truth. So all of a sudden, all of the stupid, mundane, childish bullshit that may be wedged in between people, in, in between friends and lovers and whatnot, it all just evaporates. Amen. And then when the stage production is over, look, no matter how long a play runs on Broadway, when it's over, it's over, you know? And the mm. cast and crew have beautiful memories even if they didn't like their co-star they'll have beautiful memories and a shit fuck ton of money in their pocket probably i hope i mean tickets are expensive enough mm. so i think alchemizing this would be to say thank god for god's divine plan mm. what is god's divine plan it is true that we think we can be an island and sometimes we have to become more of an island to just you know, create and hold those boundaries. Boundaries are so important. When you when you don't have boundaries or you don't have the wherewithal to to shore up your boundaries, you get fucking hammered and you get run over and you get crushed and you get torpedoed. And then you start hating life and you hate other people and you resent everybody around you. And really, it's your own fault because you just don't have the fucking wherewithal. So God's divine plan is people are in our lives. And it's people who need people, and they're the luckiest people in the world. And Phil, I thank every day that you're you're here. That oh, right back well, at we're, you, brother. We're right back forever at you. friends and bones. <laughs> if you had a cheek, I would pinch uh, it. Uh, uh. So it is God's plan, people. Um, Go with the plan. Every time you want to either think twice about God's plan, or you want to subvert God's plan with your own ego your own egotistical plans, think twice, people, think yeah. twice. Um, the life that you save may save your own. Mm. God bless. Well, See you again, friends, on the next version of The Jersey Alchemist. Absolutely. If you like what we're doing, people, press follow and like. And, and subscribe and share. share. Please share. We're, we're, fighting, we're fighting the platform algorithms Every day. that are set on keeping us hidden. Mm -hmm. Why? Because we're saying everything that they don't want us to say. Mm -hmm. Fuck off. Loud How's that for alchemy? And a piece. <laughs> <my son. laughs>